This is Fully Vested, a weekly-ish podcast where Jason Rowley and Graham Peck discuss technology and venture capital investing. In this episode, we discuss how the pandemic has impacted the ongoing work from home of most knowledge-based workers and how that will impact company culture moving forward. The show was recorded on October 27th. You can learn more at fullyvested.co. All righty, let's 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 get the show on the road. Oh boy, oh boy. Jason, how the heck are you? You know, Graham, I'm I'm uh, I'm five uh, five day camping trip uh, in southern Indiana with a Ooh. group of strangers from the internet, um, and that all makes it sound much more interesting than it was. Uh, but um, but yeah, man, there was uh, I saw I saw some stuff on this trip. <laughs> yeah, tell tell you the story. Oh, yeah. All tell, right. So, like I said, we were there for what, five days, uh, what, 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 what and um, it was a it was a disused or out of season scout camp that we were at. And on Saturday night, so we all left on Sunday. Uh-huh. And Saturday night, it rained the whole night, and it was kind of a cold, bitter early fall rain. It was pretty great. Um, and so I was all like cozy, cozy up in my in my tent. I uh, read a little bit. And uh, immediately conked out to sleep, and then in the watery light of morning, I uh, I wake up, and Graham, you would not believe what I saw. Oh my god, there was, I kid what did you, you not, see? a hornet that was like not in my Whoa. well, not in, in your tent. my tent, but it was. Outside of my tent, but inside of the oh, rain good. fly, which had been keeping me dry all night. And I've never in my life seen a hornet this Uh-oh. large. And I should also mention that since it was first thing in the morning, I really needed to take a leak. Sorry, listeners, if that's too much information. But it must be said that there was urgency for me wanting to leave my tent. Oh, and. And so, you know, Graham, I had um I had a bit of a stare down with this with with this with this hornet. And you yeah. know, how did that I, go? Uh, I basically, you know, I squared up, I uh, clenched my jaw a little bit, and I uh I basically told the hornet that this tent ain't big enough for the two of us. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, was it, yeah. Uh, was it stingers at ten paces? You know, so so he walks his little ten paces, and they're little little steps. I don't know how that works. You know, hornets are even though this one was really big. This was a uh, they have relatively hornets. stubby little legs. legs, and um, I was trapped in my tent, and so I I had my back against the wall. I I I didn't have anywhere to go. And um, I tried, I tried blowing on the thing to like get it to like fly away. Didn't work. Um, I tried, uh, what you know, flick you know, flicking it through the through the tent wall to see if it would uh, dislodge itself and you know buzz away. And it uh, it persevered. This is a tough. This is a tough ombre. Um, and. Uh, 
I ended up taking my flashlight and leaning up against the wall of my tent, I brought the, fa- the, the flashlight very close to the hornet and then I beat it to, well, I don't know if I beat it to death, but I beat it to the point where the hornet dislodged itself from, the, from my t- uh, rain fly and I'm assuming either perished in the mud, yeah. which good riddance, or it flew away. But long story short, this was a 10, 10 or 15 minute showdown between me and this gigantic stinging insect, which is, again, the largest Oof. hornet I've ever seen in my life. It was not one of those. It was not one of those Japanese. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad hornets. you made it out alive. Because those are, those are, those are beefier. Oh yeah, those things are. Real yeah, no, big. this one looked like some of those are. This one looked ginormous. like a like a yellow jacket that somebody zoomed in to like three hundred percent. It was it was a big fat, <laughs> mean. Whoa! It was not anything I wanted. I, I wanted nothing to do with it. I didn't want any part of it. I, you know, such, you didn't such want any part to, to nature is, is, not, is not welcome within a certain perimeter of me. <laughs> so for any of our new listeners out there, uh, this is in fact not a show about camping, believe it or not. We actually will talk about uh, technology and venture investing, and I'm super excited about our, our topic today, but uh, we always start the show and alienate most well, of our it's audience all, it's with all thematically some, related some banter we, at the front you know, end. Today and, we are going to be talking and, about yeah, the today it's um, you know the the wild and woolly world of remote work that you know at least uh no I didn't I purposely did you do a I lot of purposely work from your tent? went with basically nothing to oh. do I work wise like I sent like two emails or something like that but otherwise the camp camp itself had Whoa! Terrible internet, and it was in the middle of the it was in the middle of the woods, and so it had terrible cell phone reception, and so it was mostly a yeah, it was mostly a pretty off the grid vacation, which was really That's nice. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking about remote work and the and and how how people are dealing with it. Um, some better than others, uh, and. You know, we thought that this was going to be a good episode to to bring up because, you know, it is, it's it's we're rapidly coming up on on November. It's been a while, now. you know, of twenty twenty one, and it was in November two thousand nineteen that in just outside of uh, Wuhan, China, that you know the first couple cases of what would eventually become this worldwide pandemic. Uh, of uh, you know COVID nineteen, uh, that that those were some of the first cases, and so now at this like two year mark uh, of of the pandemic, and really like a year and a half, uh, or or a little over a year and a half, that many of us, uh, especially right. folks, Graham, such as yourself and myself, who are um, primarily in the uh, the information economy or knowledge workers or whatever you want to call, you know, the type of work that you and I do, um, which is, it's decidedly not, you know, an on-premise job necessarily. Um, in the same way that say manufacturing or food service or whatever is, um, 
that two years into this, I wanted to, to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it makes a lot of sense. It's a it's an interesting time, and you know, I mean, I think one of the things that I'm sure that a lot of folks out there listening are are aware of, and and certainly was part of our kind of prep for this episode is, you know, that I think, and and I think most experts would say that even if the pandemic was completely over tomorrow, I think the way the way we work and where we do our work for many people is probably dramatically changed. Um, for the foreseeable well, future, maybe forever, but certainly for a while, even if the pandemic ended tomorrow with no further variants or consequences and everyone was vaccinated. I or, mean, it makes sense though, right? And we COVID-19 do have to get to our introductions and stuff like that in a second. But, you know, it it does make sense that um, that this would, you know, that, that these changes are likely persistent. Um, or that they are likely to persist rather. Um, and it's because like after two years of this, you know, the cat's kind of all, you know, the cat's out of the bag, right? This is not a scenario where, you know, if remember in the, in the early days of all this, you know, craziness that there was this notion that, Oh, if we all just stay home for three weeks, like this whole kit and caboodle will be done. Right. I think that, if SARS-CoV-2 right. burned itself out just like SARS-1 did, um, you know, whatever it was, 10 years, you know, seven, eight years ago, nine years, whatever, whenever SARS-1 came through, that if it burned it, that if it burned itself out, you know, relatively quickly, like SARS-1, we could have all just gone back to the office and been like, well, hey, that that weird, you know, financial quarter in the spring. Yeah, that 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 weird yeah. couple weeks. But and I yeah, think like little, we would look back on that time and say that was weird, rather than saying this is changing the world. Okay, so we should probably we should. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right, and and, and in a lot of ways, it may be better. Um, it may be better. For a lot of things, certainly the future yeah. of work. Um, that so you and I should probably you and I should probably introduce ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe it'd be nice to we we, we should um, introduce ourselves part and parcel with our introductions, or maybe after the introductions, we can talk about our own um, sort of unique experiences with remote work over the past several, at least for me, past several years of my career, and I think it's the same for you too. Um, but yeah, without sure, without further yep. ado. Um, my yeah, name is Jason Rowley. I am a writer and researcher and former financial journalist. Uh, I have done a bunch of fun work in the past for organizations like Crunchbase and Golden and Mattermark and a few others. And I am now taking, I'm now exploring rather, uh, taking some of the work, the 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 stuff that I learned how to do at those places and start doing it for more startups sort of through a consulting business of mine um, that I had spun up in the beginning of this year and has so far laid dormant until fairly recently. So very excited about that. Um, in addition to all this, I send an increasingly uh, uh, intermittent newsletter at Rowley.report. And yeah, I think that's, that's kind of it. Um, as far as my remote work stuff goes, I've worked remote for the past 
I think really for my entire post-college career. Um, because I lived in Chicago and wrote for, for Mattermark uh, as a remote worker. Because um, obviously, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm commuting to San Francisco every day. Um, and I was a contractor for them. And then when we were spinning up Crunchbase News, we had a fully distributed team. Um, we didn't even have a full-time person in San Francisco um, after our first year. And um, same thing at, you know, Golden. And then uh, my, more, my more recent uh, adventure was with a Japanese company called Usabase. And I was the only person in Chicago um, because there was only five people in, there was like five people in the United States. And one of even, I was going to say, right. So um, one of a very small team, even in the U.S. I mean, relatively speaking, you know, like, like but, but I, a very I, I large think it company. has like twelve hundred employees. Over thousand employees. So it's not I'm gigantic not by any means, but like, you know, twelve hundred employees at the same time is nothing to sneeze at at all. Um, so, yeah, but that was a very fun experience because right. of just how distributed we were. Because like, I would have, you know, meetings with people in Tokyo, and then meetings with people in Sri Lanka, and then meetings with my colleague in New York and then my other colleague down in Houston, Texas. And it was kind of a jumbled mess, uh, you know, if I'm being honest in terms of just in terms of the time zone juggling, but we all made it work and it was, uh, it was, it was a fun experience. And I actually am very thankful that, um, for most of my career, I've been able to work remote, but, um, Graham, sorry, I, I, I yammered on, I think maybe I should have saved Save this discussion for after no, our that, intros, but no, I think that's um, good. Tell us about yourself. Um, yeah, so uh, my name is Graham Peck. I'm a venture partner with uh, St. Louis-based VC Cultivation Capital. I'm a member of our technology team. We invest in seed and Series A stage B two B SaaS companies primarily. Um, in addition to that work part-time, I'm also an individual angel investor and spend the rest of my time working in the technology sector also. I'm a partner in a cybersecurity platform that helps companies um, uh, to be compliant with the regulations that they need to follow from an ITIS policy standpoint and also uh, work with a couple of different um, software and website design development firms. Uh, and that actually, you know, is perfect dovetail into talking about my kind of working experience. So, um, you know, I mean, yeah, I also work with people across time zones almost every day. I mean, I think it's very likely that I'm touching base, maybe a little less, uh, a little less frequently now, but touching base with people in Eastern Europe who are working on software development projects pretty frequently. Um, and then also working uh, all the way through West Coast hours. Jason and I are both both based here in Chicago. Um, I would say, you know, from a from a work standpoint, for me, I, I'm lucky enough to have also since since probably two or three months into my post college professional career, I've also been lucky enough uh, as a founder of a couple of companies early on. And a few other things, you know, since then, I'm lucky enough to have been mostly able, if I wanted to, to work remotely. Um, I have had access to various different kind of, you know, co-working opportunities and things like that. Had a WeWork office for a year or two, um, may go back to something like that in the future. Um, actually, just coincidentally, today, 
uh, as we record. Uh, I actually worked out of a friend's office kind of just to get exposure to other people. Although ironically, and they're a small company of, you know, 15 or 20 people. I, ironically, other than the partners in the company who were in and out with different meetings, there was only one employee and one former employee uh, in the office throughout the time I was there. So it wasn't a very uh, water cooler kind of social uh, experiment. But, but yeah, in my career, I've had the flexibility, fortunately, to work basically where and when I've, I've wanted to more or less the whole time, fortunately as well. Um, even yeah, certainly so Graham and I are not the, are not exactly, uh, experts when it comes to, you know, the world of working in a conventional office, uh, much less, you know, having to contend with a daily commute, uh, or something like that. Um, so, you know, we are pretty, pretty lucky and privileged to, uh, to have never really had to deal with that for any seriously extended period of time. Um, but that isn't to say that we don't have our own sort of routines and, you know, things that may occasionally pull us into an office, be it um, one that is nominally owned by an employer or by a friend or, you know, some other sort of shared working environment. Um, or whatever, but you know, Graham, I think that one of the things that I that that I just think we should get out of the way first and foremost is is how I don't want lucky is the wrong word, right? Because like obviously the whole coronavirus pandemic sucks, and it's tragedy, and you know, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, it's terrible. Claimed many lives, and we're all stuck had economic inside, circumstances, and it's, it's, claimed it's, many businesses, it's, it's certainly. No good, right. I think we can all agree it's it's not good. However, if there was ever going to be a time where we were all going to be kind of stuck in our houses for years um, at this point, I can't actually think of a better time in history for it to have happened that way. Can you imagine what it would have been like if this happened in like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I wasn't think you're born right. until 1990, but like, can you imagine if this happened in, in like, like 1983 or whatever? Yeah, I think, I mean, no, I can't is the short answer. I mean, I think anything where anything before the major advent of the personal computer and the internet as we know it today and the world the people in it and the, uh, you know, certainly the ability to work remotely would have been obviously dramatically different. I mean, obviously many jobs that, that knowledge workers are doing today or white collar workers are doing today maybe didn't even exist in 1983. But even if those jobs existed or for other jobs that were of similar ilk, then it would be could, almost impossible you, to have done them outside your office. Could you, you know, imagine at least, people uh, at least 90 working plus remotely and all work, having I to? I mean, at least any anybody who can afford one um, use that sort of like uh, a Gordon Gecko like giant brick of a cell phone from the original movie Wall Street. Uh, you know, right? <laughs> like the size right, of your have desk. a laptop that was like the size of 50, much larger than a briefcase right, and, like, and weighs like yeah, like, like fifteen or twenty pounds. Heater. 
Uh, I mean, right. I mean, like, <laughs> and that wouldn't be connected for the most part. That wouldn't be connected to anything else. I mean, there were very early computer networks then, but there weren't remote yeah, networks, right. at least anything like the likes of the internet today. So any work you did remotely on that, you would then have to pass with paper and or, you know, floppy disks of some sort to someone else somehow. You couldn't easily oh, you could, file you could, share you could or file share, but you FaceTime would have to or print Skype out the someone paper and, and put it in the file like, oh. and then share the file of paper. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, there's a exactly. this You'd is be probably lucky a very like a floppy fun disk. Heck yeah. But you could play Oregon Trail a lot at home if you were lucky enough to have one of those uh one of God, those that game was such a banger. fifteen pound laptops. I always killed I always shot all the buffalo and I regretted it. Oh yeah. End, always. It well oh, it was excessive. It was an ex, it was you might die even it was if an you excessive did, amount and of then buffalo. something terrible like dysentery, uh, but <laughs> Well, you kill one buffalo, and there's like 900 pounds of meat that you can't take back to your wagon anyway. So, anyway. (laughs) Okay, so so I I don't know. Taking it back to taking it back to the top. All right, we we digress. um, You know, obviously, there's still a lot of America that, and again, speaking from from a strictly American perspective here. Um, there's a lot of the United States that does not have access to um, high-speed internet for various, you know, various reasons, ranging from, you know, socioeconomic uh, sort of like neglect of certain areas, um, or the fact that you know, laying fiber optic cable to you know some mountain town in the middle of Colorado is, you know, not probably not the easiest or most cost-effective thing to do. Um, but you know those those sorts. Although I think the FCC is actually working yeah, on and I think, uh, I think, remote I think, distribution of high speed internet in a very big way right, right now. And by I the think way. now there's, I think that there's was a lot of focus on using well. like five G instead of going out there and laying all that cable and and stuff like that. And so you know we'll see how all that stuff goes. But you know the the geographic disparities and sort of like access issues, notwithstanding, you know the fact that you know, only, only now, you know, or really in the past, like, you know, five or six years, um, I think, you know, would, would remote work as we've sort of come to experience it over the past, um, you know, 18 months, 20 months, whatever it's been, uh, that, that it would have only been possible really in the last four or five years. Um, Because like, I mean, I can think about just how much you know, the tools that I've used to communicate with my colleagues have changed, you know, even in five years of working remote, right? Like time was once when Slack was that cool yeah. new startup that, you know, let you put gifts in your uh in in your in right. your work chat and it makes little like doot doot sounds when you get a message or whatever. Like Yeah, now I hear that every yeah, day in the background wanna, of my colleagues on when we're on Zoom it, it or make, Google. It Meet. makes me want to. It's a terrible. It's a terrible day to have ears when when the Slack notification keeps going on. 
Oh Same. yeah. In my team, I, now, the team I just am working with now, off. they use Discord. But like, just just think about it. Like all this stuff oh, wasn't my. really a thing, even you know, at least not not accessible in the way that it is today to to many people certainly most folks in the knowledge work field that like this just couldn't have happened if 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 the pandemic you know heaven forbid struck in the way that it did even in like the the um e- yeah right like like what yeah, even was- 15 or 20 years ago Although it would be interesting to think about if it happened when we had modern PCs and modern, a quasi-modern internet, but before now, um, would that have accelerated the well? And it's doing it right now because it already um, did when it happened. But like, I mean, I mean, it still is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess th- does the whole world's economy not being crushed any more than it um, did? Is that a huge ROI on? Venture spend. I mean, I've, I haven't heard it characterized way. that way, but yeah, I suppose so. Probably, because all almost, if not all, of the tools that we're talking about, and all the tools that many of the tools, Slack, you know, uh, I think Skype pri- prior to Microsoft owning them, Zoom yep. are you know venture backed, hell, even venture backed even- startups that. You know, hop in, which is in uh, featured majorly in one of the articles. We'll link in the I mean, show hell, notes. Even, um, and as a virtual even even uh, Citrix or whatever, These are all you know, before companies. Cisco bought them and and did whatever. Like like even the most sorry Citrix. If anybody from Cisco is listening to this, I I I mean no offense by this, but like Citrix or like Go to Meeting or or whatever these you know webinar platforms are that you know have been around for a long time they're 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 not they're not great but they work i was on a go to meeting okay. today well, maybe i've just yeah, been it was it was more than passable. my first time ever being on like a proper webinar was like seven or eight years ago and my internet connection was terrible and it was a bad user experience and i've been i've been scarred for life um unfortunately may i may 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 my ability to sleep you know soundly at night rest in peace due to one terrible you know conference call experience but um okay hey cisco yeah uh, we are looking for sponsors uh, we will will gladly take your money and i will uh take back every terrible thing i just said about your uh your lovely piece of um your lovely piece of software so, so you know this this is a this is a unique time that we're all living in, um, as we've established. Uh, the extent to which one can ha- draw a silver lining around the crowd the cloud of coronavirus is that, you know, uh, it's 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 terrible that it happened at all, but it's good that it happened when it did because we actually had the technolo- technological and and um, economic infrastructure in place for many people in the U.S. to be able to work from home, thus reducing their own personal risk and reducing communities, you know, spread of, of this virus. And, um, and, and spend of additional support dollars from the government 
which will lessen the right. eventual financial um, burden on the whole but, economy. You know, I like, think. like, is it all? Is is it all? Um, is it all sort of like sh- sunshine and rainbows? I guess for for people who choose to not live in a major city, this has been a major boon. Graham, have you seen you know either some of the portfolio companies you've worked with or? Or heck, I mean, friends of yours or whatever um, start to shift their hiring strategy to, you know, accommodate a much wider pool of potential candidates that might not have been accessible to them back in the office only days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, almost every one of our portfolio companies, including many who had an in-office culture only, have shifted to at least a hybrid work environment. Um, At least one I can think of that was actually acquired. I mean, their acquirer actually has a you can't meet in person uh, policy in place um, through, I believe, January 10th is their is their current deadline. so, so yeah, I mean, I think that that has leveled the playing field in a lot of ways. And I think that that's really good for both companies and employees or contractors, right? I think it, it creates the opportunity that it's more about your skill set and, uh, and it's more meritocracy, you know, it's more of a meritocracy, which is the general theory that I believe in anyway. Um, and it's less about, that you happen to live within so many miles or so much commute time of any given specific and, but in many cases, arbitrary uh, geographic point. So yeah, we've definitely seen most of our port codes start or increase their remote work hiring and culture. Um, And, you know, I mean, again, obviously working with a software development company in Eastern Europe, um, which I do on a daily basis, um, you know, their hiring and demand from their customers has been absolutely off the charts. Um, I didn't specifically mention this in my introduction, but I also own a software, well, a mostly technical um, staffing and recruiting firm. And the demand for us to hire remote teams where people care very little, certainly less than ever before, for where their employees or contractors are located is absolutely off the charts. We probably have two jobs right now, two or three job postings um, that are uh, local to one specific place um, because the expectation is in-office work will be required over the coming few months. But beyond those two or three postings, we're recruiting nearly 100% remote, you know, and that's compared to, I don't know, 10, probably not hundreds, but tens of other sure. postings. So those two or three really stand out that, that the companies are requiring people to be in a specific location. And it certainly made it difficult for us and their technical jobs or, you know, their their software development or cybersecurity analyst kind of jobs, we've actually gone to the companies for those two or three positions and asked them if we can do a remote search because we've passed on candidates who either don't live in or are unwilling to move to the locations that those jobs are offered in. And we found good candidates, but 
who don't happen to live in one of two or three have you arbitrarily have seemingly you, what arbitrarily the, selected cities? No, that was a good answer. Um, Sorry, and, that was a long you know, answer. So I'm, I have a little bit of an anecdote. You know, like when I was, you know, when I was uh, back in the news business at, uh, you know, at one of my San Francisco employers, you know, back in the day, um, you know, the being one of the few people in the company that worked remote, um, I always. Saying that I felt like a second-class citizen would be putting it a little too strongly. But there was always... Correct. Because you weren't, because you weren't in SF. Correct. Because, like, specifically if you think you about it. And do you feel like that would be I different because if you worked at that, that employer today? I think now there's an understanding that I mean, and again, it took a public health crisis to to make it happen. But I think that there's an understanding that um, certain, certainly, some types of people can get more work done when they're working from home or working from an environment that they've sort of personally chosen and cultivated for themselves, as opposed to being in an office all the time. Um, and more. And moreover, I think that there's also an effort yeah, now that makes sense. to be more accommodating of folks who do choose to work primarily remotely. So, for example, you know, a thing that didn't exist when I started, you know, both my SF jobs is is the idea of like, hey, do you want to have like a you know a thousand dollar stipend that you can use to you know buy yourself a new chair or you know, upgrade your monitor or whatever. No, those like work from home, like home office stipends or subsidies, like those didn't really exist. Um, you know, back when I, back, back in my day to make me myself sound like an old man all of a sudden. Um, and, you know, and I think that there's other stuff too, like, you know, Graham, you and I had a startup idea, which, I still maintain was good uh, called fringe um, to help office and to help remote worker. It was, this was a remote worker oh, focused yeah. financial technology company that I think other. Yeah, yeah. I think there's still maybe a good idea, by the way, I know there's other platforms out there doing this, but uh, I bet there's a now. huge new market. So share anyway, so, that, so uh, Graham and I had this idea of like, what, what, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to give right. away all the, uh, all the secret sauce, but, you know, basically have this have a, a prepaid debit card that employers can load a certain amount of money onto um, that employees who are not working in the office can use to, you know, buy it, buy all like the little fringe benefit stuff that you'd ordinarily get if you worked in an office. So, you know, go out and buy yourself the, you know, the coffee maker, go out and get yourself, uh, you know, a, a, a whole big old box of you know, chips or office snacks or my personal favorite, you know, a truly criminal amount of seltzer, right? Like all those, all those things I think are now being offered as more, um, being offered a lot more intentionally by, by prospective employers, um, or, or, or by employers to prospective employees, um, as a way to, uh, lessen the burden of, of, you know, working from home all of a sudden. So. 
Yeah, I think to answer your question, I do feel as though it would be easier, and it is easier. Like, I mean, the company I'm currently working with, like, they've been fully remote, I think, their entire existence. And they're like a four or five-year-old company at this point. And it's great because it's my, you know, I've been working with them for like only a couple of days, but I one already feel like I'm part of the team Two, onboarding onto, you know, all their stuff was as simple as opening up discord and accepting a discord link to, you know, for the invitation. And then I'm basically spun up. Oh yeah. And then they gave me a Google account, which I set up, you know, in five minutes over a uh, zoom. And, uh, and then I was basically good to go. Yeah, you know, I think the thing that will be interesting to see how it moves forward, and and while I think that there are advantages, financial and otherwise, to companies, um, I think that the thing that several of the articles pointed out, and the thing that will that it is yet to be foreseen, um, is how company culture will continue to to be seen after this. Right? If you work in a nearly, if not entirely, remote work environment what will what will the how will the company culture be instilled in you and that's something that's good or bad i think much more easily transmitted if you're physically in an office with people every day and so i think it'll be interesting to see how company culture as it's passed on to new employees um evolves uh in companies that remain remote and there are certainly remote work companies, and there have been since before the pandemic, that have really strong and positive company cultures. It's not like any kind of knock. I'm a big advocate for flexibility of work time, structure, whatever, as long as it works within the bounds of what you're working on. Um, it's just I think that if anything is maybe the thing that suffers uh, or struggles a little bit, it's yeah. It's I mean, at least certainly it's harder to culture. control. Um. Yeah, it may be more amorphous rather than like a like a doctrine. No, it does make sense. I, I mean, know. I was just thinking that may not make sense. Did they talk about culture and your onboarding in uh, the most re- in no. any new company you've joined? No, which I know it's two. been at least two, maybe three since um, the pandemic. Has there been any discussion of culture? No, which is kind of nice, actually. Um, yeah, because it can be forced if you just say this is what our culture is. Right. You got to kind of learn it, was, observe it, um, absorb it. A lot of whatever. So, yeah, actually, no, I guess it has been a couple of. I have had some different adventures over, over the course of the last like 18 or 20 months. Um, but, like, I don't know. I mean, there was. Um, so at one of at 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 you know at one of the companies like we did a there was a standing like weekly happy hour that we would do over Zoom and and that was that was fun. I I ended up sort of like mm-hmm. going to them less often because it was um cuz that company even though it had employees um here in the mid like a couple of employees here in the Midwest and uh actually a sizable chunk of their engineering team in um, the Czech Republic, uh, you know, 
the time zone for oh, wow. the happy hour was always set to Pacific Standard. And it was always set for like 6.30 or 7. And I'm oh, like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I mean, I get it. I, I, I oh, it wasn't bad. Like, I didn't feel as though it was intentionally exclusionary or whatever. Um, but that being said, like, you know, there's all, all love and respect to every person I worked with there. Um, and I, I, I liked everybody, you know, on that team, but like come 9 PM, there's, there's other stuff like 9 PM central. There's other stuff that I would rather be doing than like, you know, having a, having a beer and, you know, yakking it up with my colleagues uh, over Zoom in the dark. Hey, it's, you know. Yeah, as we yeah, record well, this podcast in very much the same way. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that that's exactly right. I mean, uh, I am a partner in a company that uh, is primarily on the West Coast. And so every Friday, we do a 4 p.m., which is a little earlier, but 4 p.m. West Coast time, um, you know, end of week wrap up and happy hour. It's certainly socially acceptable for for folks to be drinking a beer. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's 6 p.m. my time. And even working 6 to 7 on a Friday night, I found that I find that a yeah, lot of that's times no way to live. Um, I'm kind of spent by that point. And obviously a lot of a, a lot of my friends are, you know, starting to go out and enjoy their Friday night activities. But I mean, I'm a partner in the company. I I entered this uh, knowingly and I, I like it. So even Dialogue. if I'm out with friends, I try yeah. to make a point to yeah, I mean, at least and, be but, listening but to that, that end, call. right? Yeah. Like, like anyway. this actually, this brings up, you know, sort of the, the thing that we might, you know, might end up concluding on, which is this idea that it's not just the issue or challenge of working remotely that I think has been introduced and really widely um, popularized as a result of the, the, you know, the pandemic. But it's also, I think, been, I think that there's, there's a different valence to work culture now um, that to me feels as though it's a little, I don't know if gentler is the, is like the way to describe it. But like it's a little bit more accommodating of people who want to have a little bit more flexibility in in their life, um, you know, during during the during the workday and during the work week. And by that I mean that, you know, even if you worked in a fully remote company, I remember back in my news days, for example, like. There wasn't technically like, you know, oh, you have an hour for lunch. But like it was kind of the norm that like, you know, we would do a lot of eating at our desks and uh and like maybe take 20, you know, half hour uh for for lunch. Um and then maybe another, you know, little little bits of, you know, away from keyboard time during the rest of the day. But in general, like we were hard charging like the whole effing time uh you know, day in and day out with, you know, vacations and stuff and weekends. But like now it feels, now I feel maybe I also have just gotten older and, and, you know, am less 
shy about this, but like, dude, if I want to go out and get a sandwich and like sit in a park for like half an hour, I'm totally, I feel zero guilt about, you know, being offline for an hour and a half to go do so or to go out for a walk or to use the gym. Yeah. And I think that's really good. There, that is probably, Oh, personally, that is oh my probably God. a nerd, like, huge benefits to you personally. Well, and that's arguable. Probably that's arguable, improves but, the quality of um, your work. Certainly makes doing the work Even if it, a lot less onerous because it's like, you know, if I feel as though, oh, wow, I had one hell of a week and it's Friday afternoon at, you know, you know, 2.30 or 3 p.m. and I have little else to do except for futz around with emails or whatever, then I'm just going to, I'll just bug out <laughs> at like three, uh, at three on a Friday. And, and that wouldn't have been as easy to do in back in the office days. Which again, I don't have any real experience with, but like the social pressure alone would be mm-hmm. enough for you to be kept at work, you know. Right. Oh yeah, and keep and then working you until have five some, to six. You know, mandatory, when everybody you know, else knocks off, time, you know, or happy hour or whatever. And then by the time it's all done, it's like eight, you know, seven thirty p.m. And you're like, damn, I gotta go drive an hour home. <laughs> like this blows. <laughs> um. So I think one of the big, so I think the point you're making, which I think is one of the big benefits, is that the people, at least to some extent and in varying degrees depending on the company, but are able to, uh, I mean, I've always hated the term work-life balance because I just think like you got to do something that works for you and that's what I think about it. But I think maybe that's the point that this whole thing makes, right, is if you want to go for a walk with your dog for an hour in the middle of the day, as long as you don't schedule any meetings during that or they're audio-only conference calls and you've got solid cell phone reception and not huge background noise, great. More power to you. If that works for you and people picking up their kids or dropping off their kids at different places, I think you get a lot more long-term benefit from people if you let them if the if things are not time sensitive and they're responsible, if they if they can structure their work around their lives and make it all work, then I I personally think it's a lot better. I hope yeah, that's absolutely. one of the big and, kind of and, side and, you benefits know, that comes out of Combined with this. the with the let's let's call it high level of liquidity in the labor market, especially amongst knowledge workers right now. Um people have more opportunity than ever to go out and look for new opportunities and lead and, and move on to, to bigger and better things if they so choose. Um, you know, if, if, if things that their current employer aren't great. So, you know, this is, I think in general, a boon to everybody and, or at least those of us who are, lucky enough to be able to work, you know, exclusively remotely if we choose. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what continues to come out of this, you know, this, this impetus for remote work, um, even as hopefully at some point, you know, the coronavirus pandemic uh, subsides and eventually becomes more or less a non-issue. 
Yeah, and I guess the last thought or question I've got, and it's kind of both, is it'll be interesting to see what the quote-unquote return to normal is or what, maybe said better, what the new normal will be um, and how long it'll take to get there and kind of what that path is, which I think uh, I agree will be years um, from now. But what, uh, what, if any, predictions do you have about it? What does the new normal look like? I guess if I had to say, it seems like something where most people, you know, are in favor of hybrid work. So there's some in-person, maybe in-office work. There are smaller gatherings at kind of either regularly prescribed or at least pre-agreed upon intervals amongst teams or companies. But I think there will be a lot less real estate occupied by companies and there will be a lot less normalcy to going to the office yeah, agreed. all so day, every day. I think that my bet is that to an extent, the future looks a lot more like it does a lot more like the present than it does the, you know, the, the before times, right. Before the, before the pandemic. Right. Um, the past. Yeah. Pr- pr- and I can't say exactly yeah. How it will differ from what we are doing today. But I'm also a pretty firm believer that over the long haul, there's going to continue to be um, more attention paid to like employee wellness and and how to reduce stress and you know the impact mm-hmm. of work, you know, I mean. For those of us, even those of us who are lucky to do what we like really and truly love doing day in and day out, it still gets kind of tiring and it does take it does take something out of you. Um, so I think that there's going to be an increased focus on, you know, stress reduction and that flexibility of remote work or blended work between, you know, an office and home, I think is going to be really helpful. And, you know, honestly, I think it's it's also not too outlandish to think that maybe not in the next three years or maybe not in the next five years, but I'd be pretty, I will personally be a little disappointed if within the next 10 years or 15 years, we don't see a serious push toward, you know, something akin to a four day work week for those of, you know, for those of you who, you know, for those people who, 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 who wish to have one. Which, for the record, I would kill for three. Oh, days. that'll be interesting. Maybe not kill, but like, I'd, uh, you know, it'd be it'd be pretty great. Oh yeah, I would love but, yeah, not to I work mean, on Fridays, but whew, the seem that that part seems a long way off for me because I think that, uh, and and this is probably true for a lot of people, um, and I'm not saying that I you know, I'm burning the candle absolutely at both ends or anything, but I would say I work more hours because of not traveling as much and commuting as much. Um, even though I mostly worked flexibly, uh, even being in the office three or four days a week, which was typical for me pre prior to the pandemic, uh, that took some time and I traveled a lot for both work and personal reasons. And that's obviously slowed down a whole lot. So, 
So anyway, that that would be great, but uh, that that seems far off to me. Well, because I know, think I put in more in, hours than I did whole, prior to the pandemic. Well, yeah, yeah, because like you know, there's that whole I can control them, better. and I have no idea where this came from, but it's 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 one of those like well repeated statistics that like you know, for every eight hour day that an employee spends in an office, there's only like an hour and a half of quote unquote real work getting done, or so, something like that, right? Whatever. Yeah, it's, it's three hours. I usually you know, heard three, fun. but yeah. Um, I, three I, sorry for discounting it by uh, by half. Um, but um, but I think in, in general, as people who work from home have the potential, have the potential, not, not always the guarantee, but the potential to accomplish more in one day at home than they might have in two days at the office. I think that there might be an opportunity over the long haul for more companies to offer, you know, a four-day week or, you know, three-day weekends every other Friday, you know, every other week or something like that. I don't know. But but I think that that over time, it'll be really, really interesting to see the statistics around, you know, worker productivity and, and whether or not um, folks are indeed able to get more done um, from home and thus, thus, allow for, um, you know, more progressive companies to offer, uh, a reduced work schedule as, as a, as a result of the fact that people are potentially so much more productive, um, at home or at least remotely than they would, would have been in an office. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's probably true. And, you know, I mean, I just had a meeting today with someone who said, you know, I think this would be a great project for me to work on if I had like one afternoon. And this is somebody who works in an office culture um, that's been open the entire pandemic. Um, and he said, you know, I wish I had just one afternoon a week I could work at home because I think I would be much more responsive to projects like this, which is a small project, but that has drug on thus far for about 12 to 14 months because – this executive can't really commit Yikes. time to it well, by hopefully, not being distracted by other things. As life returns more to normal, that's a terrible, I, I misphrased that terribly. But as things get better over time, uh, it's still my firm bet that remote work is going to do, is here to stay. Um, you know, that the internet is the thing that enables all of this. And that in general, I think that it is that this all redounds to everybody's benefit, both workers and, and, and managers and um, leadership and all the stakeholders. I think that remote work ultimately is a benefit um, in most cases. So you want to, uh, want to, want to wrap it up, Graham? Yeah, I think so. I think that there's, you know, a lot of benefit out there for everyone. And I hope that, uh, I hope that flexible work uh, that works for, for you and for your employer uh, is here to stay. 